Hey, bitches. Hey, bitches. Hey, bitches. Yes. <laughs> we have hey, Talon bitches. and Sadie here today on the Eerie Thoughts Podcast, Episode 7. Hey, me too. I said Talon and Sadie. Hey, didn't. You said Sadie too. She said Talon too. I promise you guys were just yelling over me. <laughs> Flabbergasted. Did you guys trick or treat? today or yesterday yeah yesterday yesterday did you get a lot of candy no no No. we got plenty of candy too much candy were there a lot of kids no no my area was kind of dead for some reason but this is the first time at least that i've been here that um i guess i shouldn't say my exact location whoops (laughs) anyways this our city has done like a city-wide event that is put on by the city mm-hmm. usually it's like neighborhoods have to like organize their own thing but yeah me and my sister handed out in my neighborhood today and when I tell you we were out there for two hours and there were maybe 15 groups of kids that came came through That's like insane. there was nobody it I was being a kid and there were I mean just flocks of children so yes. many kids yeah and we would run like house to house. We would go like four or five different times if we could to different yeah, me too neighborhoods. And I was excited because I thought since it was like going to be organized this year, then maybe that it'd be like a bigger like thing. But yeah, like a bigger turnout. But no, yeah, there was like hardly anybody. But I mean, it um, was today. It was raining, so yeah, that doesn't help. But you know, still, I thought there'd be more than there was. And my mom. She lives like a couple miles away from me. She texted me an hour into hers and was like, have you had anybody? Because I've had nobody. Wow. Yeah. I just thought that was crazy. All right. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Ooh. Can I read? I don't know. What do you think? How long is your story? Um, I got like seven pages. Me as well. Okay. So we're pretty, pretty equally matched. Let, 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 I'll go first this week. <laughs> oh, she said I'm switching it up. Because I'm excited about this. Okay. I think I told you. Well, you told I me was... like three different things that you were thinking about covering. So I don't know what you're actually, what you decided on. All right. Well, I'm going to get into it. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to lead into this and see if you can take a guess. Okay. Okay. I'm really bad at guessing. I don't know if you know that, but. Okay. Picture it. <laughs> oh i'm ready (laughs) middle school you and your besties decide to have a sleepover it's friday night you're pumped you know pizza's ordered pizza um nails are painted already made our prank phone calls you know the old star 67 oh my god what was your did you have like a go-to prank phone call that you Uh did I don't think so. I think we just kind of pulled it out of our ass every time we did it. Me and my cousins would always call and we would be like, you've won one million dollars. All you have to do is answer one question. And it'd be like, what color socks am I wearing? <laughs> <laughs> and then one time we called and the lady that answered was like, my husband is a police officer. And then we hung up and we were so scared to ever do it again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Cheetah Girls 2 is playing in the background. You know. Oh my god, a vibe. 
<laughs> Later on in the night, you know, midnight-ish, that that one friend that we all had comes up with this brilliant plan. Stop. We all go into the bathroom. Yeah. Dimly lit. Eyes are closed. Oh my god. Starts saying. I know where you're going. Bloody Mary. Three times. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh. God, the chokehold that this had on my entire childhood. I was so terrified to do any of this. Oh, me as well, but I also all, I did it 100%. We've all heard the stories, and a lot of us, most of us, honestly, probably experimented with the urban legend herself. Yes. But who exactly is she, and was she real? The bloody story, oh my god, the Bloody (laughs) Mary story may have been fabricated to some extent, but there are some possible figures from history who might be the real bloody mary Ooh, they include queen mary the first of england and we're gonna get into her details right now oh um some believe that the legend is tied to the queen who had the same nickname also shout out to fowdy he has mentioned this this queen numerous times to us shout out fowdy Queen Mary I of England became known as Bloody Mary because she burned roughly 280 Protestants alive during her reign. Jesus Christ. (laughs) She was born February 18th, 1516 in the Greenwich Palace in London, England to King Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon. When's your birthday? The 13th. Oh, I thought it was I thought it was a a twinsies situation. <laughs> no. <laughs> um Mary seemed an unlikely candidate to be queen, let alone a bloody one. Her father deeply desired a male heir and spent the majority of Mary's childhood doing whatever it took to get one. Her early years were largely defined by Henry's determination to have a son. When she was a teenager, the king scandalized Europe by declaring his marriage to Mary's mother was illegal and incestuous. Oh no, she's an incest queen? Yes. Because she had been briefly married to his brother and his intention was to marry Anne Bolin. So she's a homie hopper is what it sounds like. Yeah. I love that for her. Yes. He divorced Catherine, married Anne, and tore England away from the Catholic Church, establishing the Church of England instead. According to the Smithsonian Magazine, Mary was declared illegitimate, made a lady instead of a princess, and separated from her mother. She stubbornly refused to acknowledge that her parents' marriage had been made illegal or that her father was the head of the Church of England. She said, I am a princess. Yes, which... And I should be respected as such. So relatable. Um, Over the years, Mary watched as her father married again and again. After executing Anne, he married Jane Seymour, who died during childbirth. Henry's fourth marriage to Anne of... If I say this wrong, I'm so sorry. Clavis was short-lived and ended in divorce... And he executed his fifth wife, which, like, geez. Bro is such a slut. He is in his slut slut. era. 
um, executed his fifth wife, Catherine Howard, and on trumped up charges. So I couldn't really find what she was charged with, but I'm sure it was some bullshit. It was probably being a witch. Yeah, probably. Only Henry's sixth wife, Catherine Parr, outlived him. But Henry had gotten what he wanted. Jane did have a son, Edward VI. When Edward died just six years into his reign, he tried to ensure that the power was passed to his Protestant cousin, Lady Jane Grey. But Mary seized her opportunity and led an army into London in 19... I'm sorry, 19... 1553. <laughs> um excuse me i'm still kind of like sick not you i know sick queen <laughs> sick a groundswell of support put her on the throne and lady jane gray on the executioner's block as queen however mary the first developed her quote bloody mary reputation oh <laughs> i love this as queen one of mary's most urgent priorities was returning england to the catholic church she married Philip II of Spain, quashed a Protestant rebellion, and reversed many of her father and half-brother's anti-Catholic policies. In 1555, she went one step further by reviving a law called... Oh, this is not my language. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're talking about Bloody Mary. I'm going to say it a lot. Um... Heretico Cumberendo? You're doing great. Question mark? I'm sure that's exactly how it's pronounced. Ah, uh, yes, it is. I Googled it. <laughs> um, and that punished heterics by burning them at the stake. I don't love that. No, there's a lot of that gonna happen. Yeah. According to the Smithsonian, Mary hoped the executions would be quote short and sharp is a shock end quote oh my god it's like just get ready because this it's kind of brutal yeah i'm i'm just i'm you not laughing say... i'm not laughing at this i'm nervous laughing because i'm uncomfortable <laughs> see he's like on her like fifth bloody mary and I... she stop get that woman away from the mirror you can only say it 13 times knock it off stop spawn of satan if she says it again i she's gonna summon me to your house you want me to say it <laughs> okay um she thought that just a couple of executions would do the trick telling her advisors that the execution should be so used that the people might well perceive them not to be condemned without just occasion me at work a couple executions should do the yes. trick whereby they shall both understand the truth and beware to do the like she's so yeah. basically it's like when you kill a spider and you leave and its body out. there it's one of those fuck around and find out situations yeah um but the protestants were undeterred and for three years from 1555 until mary's death in 1558 Almost 300 of them were burned alive at her command. Oh, my God. The victims included prominent religious figures like Thomas Cranmer, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and Bishops Hugh Latimer 
and Nicholas Ridley, as well as scores of normal citizens, most of whom were poor. So you said close to 303 years? Yes. So she's doing like two a week. Oh, at the very least, yes. <laughs> um, the Protestants' death were meticulously recorded by a Protestant named John Fox. In his 1563 book, take your time, sound it out. <laughs> Talon, come here, help. <laughs> he described the deaths of the Protestant martyrs throughout history, complete with illustrations. So he drew pictures of everything that was going on. I hope he made a coloring book. Um, I mean, they're in black and white. So, you so technically he did. So, yeah. That's where, oh oh my god, I bet this is the origin of adult coloring books. Probably. It would make sense. Mary's scourge of Protestants left a lasting legacy. After her death, it earned the queen the nickname Bloody Mary. But that's not the only reason why some believe the queen earned that nickname. Alleged Bloody Mary sightings in the mirror often describe a ghost as having a baby or looking for a baby. In some versions of the tale, summoners can taunt Bloody Mary by saying, quote, I stole your baby. Oh, no. Or I killed your baby. This is so much darker than I ever thought it would be. And there's a reason why that would piss her off. Uh, yeah, Almost, I think several yeah. probably. Yeah, I mean, mm, that's a touchy subject anyways. Alongside burning Protestants, Mary had another priority which was getting pregnant. 37 years old, when she took power, Mary was determined to produce an heir during her reign. Though she announced that she was pregnant just two months after marrying Philip II, and by all conceivable measures appeared to be pregnant, her due date came and went without a baby. Rumors spread in the French court that Mary had a molar pregnancy, um, when Mary died in 1558 at the age of 42, they thought it could have been uterine or ovarian cancer, and she died without having a child. Aww. So her, her Protestant half-sister, Elizabeth, took power instead. Meanwhile, Mary's enemies made sure that she became known as Bloody Mary, though the Smithsonian notes that her father had ordered the death of as many as 72,000 of his subjects. And her sister went on to hang, draw, and quarter 183 Catholics. Mary was the only one deemed bloody. To hang, draw, and quarter. Jesus. Of course it's because she's a woman. Yeah. That's why she earned the Bloody Mary nickname. Well, I mean, her half-sister, or I'm sorry, her sister did the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. She must have just been special. Which going off what you said my next note is her reputation could have come from sexism yep. or simply the fact that she was a catholic catholic queen in a largely protestant nation either way the bloody mary nickname tied mary to the urban legend but there's still a couple other women that could have inspired the story as well the next one is mary worth a mysterious witch <laughs> i also consider myself a mysterious witch same details about mary worth are hazy including whether or not she existed at all um 
Haunted Rooms, which is a source that I'll link in the show notes, describes her as a witch who allegedly put her children under spell, kidnapped them, murdered them, and then used their blood to stay youthful. Which I think this is the one that I knew about the most. I don't think Um, I even, like, knew of any sort of, like, background type of story. I just knew of the, say, Bloody Mary in the mirror and she would appear or whatever. How many times did you think it was? I always thought it was three. I always thought it was three. Apparently it's 13. Oh, that's a lot of Bloody Marys. Yes. Um, And when people in her town found out they reportedly tied her to a stake and burned her alive, then Mary Worth screamed that if they dared to say her name in the mirror, she would haunt them. Good for her. Truly. The Lake County Journal, however, writes that Mary Worth was a local of Wadsworth, Illinois, who was part of, quote, the reverse Underground Railroad. Hmm. Which is just disgusting in itself. Yeah. Um, She'd bring in slaves under false pretenses to send them back down to the south to make money so basically she would tell these slaves like yeah i'll help you get them in there like she would bring them in control them and then send them back down to the south in slavery again that's pretty yucky yeah bob jensen paranormal investigator and the leader of lake county's ghostland society which love explained that mary worth also tortured and killed escaped slaves as part of as a part of her witchy rituals eventually local townspeople found out and killed her either by burning her at the stake or by lynching her which is this is kind of giving satanic panic yes do we know that she actually did these things or are they just like rumored um they're rumored because again they don't even know if this girl actually existed yeah i guess that's true but while mary worth's existence seems debatable elizabeth bathory was very real okay i've heard of her yes a hungarian noblewoman she was charged with killing at least 80 girls and young women between nine or i'm sorry 1590 and 1610 so that's you know 20 years right yeah you're asking me to do math and i don't appreciate it Rumors spread that she subjected them to sickening torture, which including sewing their lips shut. Oh, yuck. Immediately thought of Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Um, Beating them with clubs and burning them with hot irons. Allegedly, she'd even bathe in their blood in order to maintain a youthful appearance. Uh, One witness claimed during Bathory's trial that they'd seen a diary where she recorded her victims but there were not 80 names guess how many higher or lower higher 200 close 650 oh that's really close (laughs) (laughs) i was almost there um her defenders argued that the charges against her were fabricated because the king owed her late husband some debts um, in any case, the true identity of Bloody Mary is mur- murky, to say the least. Um, the myth could be qu- based on Queen Mary the First, 
or any of these three but no matter who it's based on it's probably one of the most popular urban legends to date oh yeah because i feel like every child had had their bloody mary moment oh yeah oh yeah middle school honestly probably through like sophomore year yeah but i was too scared to actually do it (laughs) the most i would do is like go in the bathroom and just like think it and then be like no i can't do it yes (laughs) (laughs) you're like uh get to that third one and you're like no i can't keep that one eye open so technically you weren't doing it right yeah (laughs) that's what i would do (laughs) but come to find out apparently we're doing it all wrong because apparently it's you're supposed to say it 13 times yeah so we could have said it 12 times yeah nothing would have happened do you want to try it no i'm still (laughs) scared (laughs) we'll try it at your house oh perfect (laughs) we'll do it and sadie just comes out of the corner yeah she just pops up in the mirror you rang (laughs) she says it's Brittany, bitch (laughs) shout out to orlin we love it shout out to orlin (laughs) playing britney spears give me more (laughs) love him oh goodness yeah that's bloody mary that was a lot that's a lot yeah who do you i I think i liked it though i i did too i'm still so torn on to who it could have be i know elizabeth bathory's really a popular name too yeah i'm gonna go with it was her either her or queen mary yeah one of those two yeah for sure all right so i am covering how are you gonna ruin my day i'm covering a murder as we already discussed a little bit so abraham shakespeare was born on april 23rd 1966 which is the same year as both of my parents in plant city florida so growing up he didn't have much they were kind of poor Um, He ended up dropping out of school after seventh grade so that he could, like, help work and, like, you know, have money for the household. Mm -hmm. So due to this, um, he was somewhat illiterate. Like, he could barely read and write because he didn't have a a great education. So over his life, um, he went to prison twice for a string of burglaries. Nevertheless, Abraham was described by his friends and relatives as a soft touch and a gentle giant standing at six foot five damn i know he's a tall king a lengthy boy a lanky boy a skinny queen (laughs) he lived a very modest life he worked as a day laborer which i'm assuming is like for a temp service um he made about eight dollars per hour barely scraping by he lived with his mother in lakeland florida He had a 10-year-old son that he couldn't afford to pay child support for on his $8 an hour wage. So on November 15th, 2006, Abraham and his co-worker Michael Ford were headed towards Miami for work. Now, from what I can understand from the source I used, um, Michael was like a truck driver. So Abraham was working kind of like for a temp service as like a truck driver's assistant. Okay. Ride along, whatever, whatever that means. I don't really know, but that's what I, what I read. I don't know if that's completely true, but anyway, so they were heading towards Miami for work. They stopped at a convenience store along the way in Frostproof for some drinks and cigarettes. So Michael, the co-worker, got out and asked Abraham if he wanted anything. 
and Abraham gave him $2 and asked him to buy two lottery tickets. All Abraham had on him that day was $5. So later on that night, Abraham learned that he won $30 million on the Florida lottery. Oh my, could you imagine? No, bitch, I couldn't. So he, the choices were um, 1 million a year for 30 years, or he could take the one-time payout of 16.9 million. That's what he ended up taking. So what would you do? Would you take a million a year? I honestly, I don't know. I can't even wrap my head around how much yeah, money I, that is. I think I would do a million a year. That's probably what I would do because, you know, budget. But <laughs> Yeah. And also, like, you, you got a million dollars, a million dollars yeah. for the year. Like, I'm paying off everything that I have right now and then. Yeah. Buying whatever I want. Because even. Oh, my God. I mean, you could live on a million dollars for a year, like, easily. I guess I'd have and to like, I'd have to like, you'd have to like really tone down your lifestyle. Yes. You're just I, out of hand. I guess it's feasible. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to look up the winning numbers just because I was curious. They were 6, 12, 13, 34, 42, and 52. Hmm. So all of our, all of our lottery players out there. Not me writing this down. <laughs> I'll send you the notes. (laughs) So obviously Abraham won this money. He took the $16.9 million payout. Word got around that he had won this money. Mm -hmm. So after it was announced, Michael Smith, who was the coworker Abraham was with, who went and got him the ticket. um, He basically went to Abraham and demanded a million dollars, which Abraham refused. So then Michael decided to sue Abraham and claim that Abraham took the tickets out of his wallet oh i know um luckily the jury didn't believe michael's story and ultimately abraham won so that was like a couple months after it happened good so after the court case abraham told a newspaper quote that guy used to be a real good friend of mine if he only waited i could have given him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. i'll take it me too five dollars <laughs> so after Abraham got all his money, um, he bought himself his dream home, a million-dollar home in a gated community in North Lakeland, Florida. He also splurged on three vehicles, a Ford F-150 pickup, a BMW 750i, and a Nissan Altima, and then also a Rolex from a local pawn shop. So he really didn't go too big for the amount of money that he yeah, had. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like he got, like, Porsches or anything. Yeah, like, he bought a Nissan Altima. I was going to say, an <laughs> F-150 and an Altima? Yeah, and a and a BMW. Whoop de do. Okay, a Phil. Thrifty King. <laughs> and a Rolex from a pawn shop. Like he didn't even go brand new. I don't know. I think that, that just kind of mean... speaks to speaks to like him being like pretty humble. Yeah. And you know, it's also like how he grew up. Yeah. Like you he, know. Yeah. He grew up, I mean, he he clearly lived within his means now and that wasn't gonna change. Yeah. So those are the only really big things he bought himself. He still continued to eat at the same places and lived basically the same life. He told a local newspaper, quote, I'm not a material person. I don't let material things ruin me. I'm on a tight budget. So this $17 million millionaire is on a tight budget. I just think that's adorable. That's relatable. (laughs) Painfully relatable. 
So once he got his money, the first thing that happened was the government took the child support that Abraham owed out of his winnings, which resulted, it was about $9,000. Abraham then set up a trust fund for his son, putting a million dollars in it. So he at least, you know, was get was doing right by his son. Yeah. He gave a million dollars to his dad, 250000 each to his three stepsisters. He helped friends pay off their mortgages, and he bought houses for some of his cousins. He even paid off a mortgage for a man whose last name he didn't know. He helped his friend Greg Smith, who was a local barber, with a business loan of $87,000, which Greg agreed to pay back to him in installment payments. So he was really just helping like anybody yeah. and everybody. And again, he was described earlier as a soft touch. Like, I think this really speaks to that. Yeah, absolutely. So once word started to get around that Abraham won this money, everyone started coming out of the woodwork, of course. So as people, they do. People would see Abraham out and about in town, just in the street, and would approach him, give him their sob stories of all their hardships they had going on. And Abraham would dish out the cash without question. He just really wanted to help people. Abraham told another newspaper, I've buried people, kept houses out of foreclosures, bought groceries, and paid rents. So he's just really out here helping his community. When Abraham was at home, his phone would ring constantly all day, and it would be strangers asking for money. Abraham once got a letter from a prison inmate asking for $1,000, which Abraham ended up sending him 50 and laughed about it because what does a prison inmate need $1,000 for? Right. He also had several girlfriends who he found out were only after his money, which I think is super sad. It is because you you know it's just one of those situations where damned if he you know damned if you do damned if you don't. You yeah, know? and he he really seems like just a sweet guy with like a really big heart based on all of this that we're learning. Yeah, and you know you know the people that he did turn down or whatever you know the first thing they said is like oh selfish you know yeah which obviously not it wasn't like and I don't know if I put this in the notes anywhere but people around him were quoted saying like when Abraham won the money like everybody won the money the community won the money because he was just giving it out left and right a former girlfriend of his Centoria Butler said he thought with his heart not in his head oh And I think that speaks volumes about him. So it didn't take long for Abraham's winnings to start dwindling away, as we can imagine. Yeah. Less than two years after winning the lottery, Abraham was down to just $2 million out of 17. Yeah. So Abraham was growing tired of just constantly being asked for money. He told his brother, quote, I'd have been better off broke. I thought all these people were my friends, but then I realized all they want is just money. which just breaks my heart it does because you know that's true yeah a mutual friend of abraham's introduced him to doris dd moore dd told abraham she wanted to write a book and tell his story she quickly realized his financial state at this point and that his money was nearly all gone so she offered to take on a role as his financial advisor which abraham took her up on so she was going to help him manage his money because mm-hmm. remember abraham did not go very far in school like he can only he only knows how to sign his name he can't really read or write right so dd launched a business with abraham called abraham shakespeare llc so what i think she did was she just took she like made this llc so that like people couldn't like sue abraham or anything like that like they would have to 
she put the money under the business is what I'm kind of gathering. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. She also had her own business called American Medical Professionals LLC, which was like supposed to be like a medical staffing um, kind of service from what I gathered. So over the course of, I don't know how long, um, pretty quickly, she gave herself complete control of his funds. She immediately withdrew a million dollars and bought herself a Hummer, a Corvette, and a truck and started going on expensive vacations. Before long, she controlled all of his money and assets, including his home and debts that were owed to him. Mm. Yeah, I think we can see where this is going. I don't love this. In April of 2009, Abraham's family stopped hearing from him. So after a few weeks of this no contact, they started to get concerned and they got in contact with Dee Dee because they knew she was the closest person to him at this point. Dee Dee um, was very much a smooth talker. She assured the family that Abraham just needed to get away, that he went to the Caribbean, and that she was still in contact with him via text. So this didn't seem plausible because, remember, Abraham couldn't really read or write. So why would he be texting her? Um, However, Dee Dee was able to convince them that this was the truth, and he really had been talking about wanting to get away from the stresses of all the people just asking him for money constantly, which I think is fair. He probably was getting tired of it. Yeah. So this went on for months. Abraham's friends and family would get letters from him, from him, with uh, quotes. Um, His mother would receive text messages from him, but again, Abraham was nearly illiterate, so this was very unlikely. Or unlike him. Mm -hmm. Finally, after seven months of not directly seeing Abraham, his family reported him missing on November 9th, 2009. Seven months? Seven months. Can you believe that? No. They reported that they had not seen Abraham since April. And it's it's really easy for us to look at this and say, like, why would why would his family let it go on for seven months? But Didi was such a smooth talker and just like I don't know, just like a con artist. She was able to just talk out, talk her way out of every, like anything and everything. So police obviously went to Didi um, and she told them that Abraham left town just as she had told his family. She gave the police several stories over the course of the investigation. She told them that he had gone to Texas, Jamaica, Puerto Rico, Orlando, Florida, or Orlando, Florida. And she also tried to tell them that he was sick in the hospital. Just lie after lie. I Seven months. I could not. I cannot imagine not seeing my family for seven months. Yeah. And I would like to think that my family would become suspicious of that. Yeah. Very, way sooner. But. Eventually, she told police that he was just sick of people asking him for money. So she helped him leave town. Mm. So yet again, another story. So during this time, here's kind of one of a, like a different little plot. During this time, after he was reported missing, it was being talked about in an online forum called Web Sleuths. Web Sleuths is a website where users can discuss unsolved cases. So the Web Sleuths users were really digging into this case and they ended up finding out that Didi's company, American Medical Professionals, was now the owner of Abraham's home, his dream home. Ooh. Hmm, that seems odd. They also found Didi's social media accounts where she was posting pictures from inside of his home, just living it up. 
this was obviously giving huge red flags yeah so the users started really focusing on her so david clark a former pope polk p-o-l-k polk county detective said he was impressed by the web sleuth's finding findings and the forum users knack for quickly obtaining records online he was quoted as saying i get on the internet and i come across this web sleuth forum you have 10 or 15 people finding property purchase agreements financial records i questioned how are they getting this information i need a subpoena to get it but they've got it never underestimate a woman and a keyboard exactly <laughs> literally exactly <laughs> so the detective said he joined the forum and posted to let them know that all the hard work they were doing was not going unnoticed um eventually all the users became shocked when Dee, Dee herself started posting to this forum denying being involved in abraham's disappearance and doubling down that she was still in contact with him an idiot <laughs> literally idiot they got a break in the case on December 27th, 2009, when Abraham's mom, Elizabeth, received, received a phone call from Abraham while she was out at lunch with Dee Dee. So she was still treating Dee Dee as if, you know, she didn't suspect anything. That just shows you how conniving she was. Police were able to figure out that it was not, in fact, Abraham, but his good friend, Greg Smith, who was the barber. So the barber was in on it, too. Turns out Dee Dee had paid him to call Abraham's mom and pretend to be Abraham. Greg was questioned about this and ended up confessing and agreeing to cooperate with investigators. Wow. So Dee Dee offered the mother of a son of Abraham's a $200,000 home if she would lie to the detectives and tell them that she had seen him recently. She also paid a relative of Abraham's $5,000 to give his mother a birthday card, implying that it was from him oh no so just uh, this is just disgusting so now that they have greg on their side they have they get a huge break in the case Dee Dee ends up contacting greg so she still doesn't know that greg is like working with the police so she contacts greg and asks him if he knows anybody that would be willing to confess to killing abraham so now they know they've got her on january 21st greg introduces Dee Dee to his friend who is undercover officer mike smith of the lake wales florida uh, police department mike is introduced to dd to dd as a criminal who's awaiting sentencing who would be willing to take the fall for abraham's disappearance because he's already going to jail anyway dd agrees to pay mike fifty thousand dollars to take the fall for killing abraham obviously she didn't realize this was a setup on january 25th Dee Dee meets with Greg again and shows him the concrete slab under which Abraham's body lie. And she also gives Greg a 38 caliber Smith & Wesson revolver that was used to kill him. So he obviously goes to police with this. Two days later, on January 27th, police find Abraham's body exactly where Dee Dee had showed Greg. This was actually the backyard of Dee Dee's boyfriend, Shar Kazniki, I think is how you say that. It was found that Dee Dee used $350,000 of Abraham's money to buy this house for her boyfriend, where Abraham was then buried. Wow. So essentially, Abraham bought the house that he was going to be buried in the backyard. 
So Dee Dee had been paying her ex-husband to do some other yard work at this house, and she asked him to dig a hole. Two hours later, she called him back to come fill the hole back in. How he didn't know what was in this was is just beyond me. Right. Or what this was for. He claims he knew nothing about even Dee Dee's relationship with Abraham, let alone his disappearance and murder. I don't know. I think that seems really fishy. So it was estimated that Abraham was killed April 6th or 7th, 2009, which was right when the family stopped hearing from him. And he was found with two gunshot wounds. His manner of death was ruled to be homicidal violence. So that means Abraham was not the one writing letters and text messages to his relatives. It was Dee Dee using Abraham's phone. Oh my God. Dee Dee was taken into custody on February 2nd, 2010. Um, through the investigation of Dee Dee, it was learned that she had once staged a scene to fraudulently keep a Lincoln Navigator, of which she was in jeopardy of having repossessed after falling behind on the payments. She had someone store the car in a garage and then pretended she was kidnapped, sexually assaulted, and carjacked. Investigators, oh, claimed, investigators claimed she taped her wrists and threw herself from someone else's car to make a scene. She even took a rape exam, like a rape kit. She later pleaded no contest for the charge and received probation. So that just shows like how psychotic and manipulative this lady is. That's insane. And why did she get just probation for that? Honestly. So one of the witnesses who took the stand during the trial was none other than Shar Krasniki, Didi's boyfriend, whose property Abraham's body was buried on. They lived together in the house, um, which Didi claimed she had purchased from Abraham. At one point, Dee Dee gave Char a $70,000 Corvette. Um, Char is quoted as saying, we went into a garage and we got out and pointed at a car and said, that's your gift. So she just gave him a car. Wow. Char also said Dee Dee kept weapons inside the home, including one pros prosecutors held up in court saying she kept that one in a safe. Abraham was shot twice before he was buried. Prosecutors said the gun was the weapon used in his murder. Dee Dee changed her version of events several times. Every time she claimed she was present for his murder, but that somebody else had committed it. In an interrogation on January 25th, 2009, Dee Dee said drug dealers who came with him to her office killed him, grabbing her gun out of an open safe to use as a weapon. When investigators caught her in a lie, she alluded to her 14-year-old son having done it. Oh my god. So she is just like the scum, like the scummiest scum. The worst person. A confidential informant said Dee Dee told her that the gun was used to shoot Abraham, but she said a drug dealer killed him. One of Abraham's friends testified that Dee Dee told her a similar story about a drug dealer who demanded money but Abraham wouldn't turn over the cash. In the weeks leading up to Abraham's murder, he knew something wasn't right with the way Dee Dee was handling his money, according to Abraham's longtime friend, Judy Haggins, who had power of attorney over his affairs. So she was appointed his as his power of attorney on April 3rd, 2009. Remember the last time? Mm -hmm. or the last time he was heard from is in April, and they think he was killed the 6th or 7th. Um, so just days before he was killed. This was this was legit, and it was done in front of a notary, and it was at Abraham's request. Judy was a friend to Abraham of 15 years and was helping him to collect some of the debts he was owed by people he gave money to. 
After Abraham disappeared, Judy started working for Dee Dee because she had a whole company for herself and Abraham. Judy continued collecting the debts for Abraham and helped give his mom rides to places. So they just really had no idea that Dee Dee was involved in any of this. Judy is quoted as saying, Abraham used to come to me and say, now you know that white woman got my money. She can do anything to me. To which Judy said, Abraham, you can go get your money. Judy again is quoted as saying, when Abraham got ready to go to the bank one day to see about his money, Dee Dee immediately called me on the phone. You've got to stall him, Judy. He can't go to the bank, is what Dee Dee said. Wow. Eventually, on December 10th, 2012, after three hours of jury deliberations, Dee Dee was found guilty of first-degree murder. She was sentenced to mandatory life without parole by a judge who called her cold, calculating, and cruel, and the most manipulative person he's ever seen. Dee Dee was sentenced to an additional mandatory 25 years for using a gun in the commission of a felony. Dee Dee told a fellow inmate that she was upset that Abraham made Judy his power of attorney. Ultimately, it was found that Dee Dee got around $3.5 million from Abraham plus his million-dollar home. And ending on a slightly lighter note, Antoinette Andrews, who was Abraham's girlfriend at the time that he won the money, she went with him to pick up his winnings. She ended up winning a million dollars herself in 2017 on a $20 Monopoly scratch-off ticket. Oh, good for Isn't her. Isn't that crazy? The luck. She ended up with $770,000. This came at a time when Antoinette was wanting to buy her and Abraham's son, Raheem, a new car and then a new home for the two of them. Antoinette oh. and Raheem are just laying low and being super careful with who they trust. Oh, absolutely. And that is the story of the murder of Abraham Shakespeare. That's insane. It's horrible. It is disgusting. I hope Dee Dee gets murdered in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's scum if you ask me she's like the worst of the worst oh absolutely and throw your to try to put the blame on your son i know that just adds a whole new layer of just disgustingness when he's her. literally still a child himself 14 years old yeah he's literally a child oh my god yeah that was wild and I can't believe that Antoinette won first freaking Abraham wins 30 million, well, 17 million. And then Antoinette wins, what, a million? That yeah. That's, that just blows my mind. I can't even win on a $5 scratch off. Literally. The most I've ever won, I think, is like $20, but I don't ever buy lottery tickets. I don't out. even think I've won that. that's insane yeah it's insane it's sad it's disgusting Dee, Dee is just a cold calculating ma manipulative bitch like that judge said truly the worst type of person she saw somebody as sweet and kind as abraham and just wanted to help people and she prayed on him and he trusted her That's disgusting. Yeah. You look really sad now. I know. I'm like, I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm not either. So, yeah. Glad I could ruin your day with that. I appreciate that. Thank you. It so certainly much. ruined mine. Now I'm sad. Now I'm also sad. But thanks. 
you everybody so much for listening if you want to keep up with us you can follow us on instagram eerie thoughts with a zero instead of an o tiktok eerie.thoughts.pod we're on facebook as eerie thoughts podcast um my personal instagram and tiktok is queen bench with a v instead of a u sam's is sam double the m underscore store ad 1415 and you can send us your eerie stories and episode suggestions to eerie thoughts pod at gmail.com do you have anything to add i don't think so well we love you all and bye bitches bye bitches <laughs>